0: Examining Russia's campaign to sway America's presidential vote coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We're devoting most of today's security report analyzing the impact of last week's U.S. intelligence community's account that accuses Russian President Vladimir Putin of directing hacking attacks and waging a propaganda campaign through social media and fake news to influence the vote that resulted in Donald Trump's election as President of the United States. Now, let's be clear. No one claims that the Russians directly breached the election system and hacked the vote. And the unclassified report produced no smoking gun that the Kremlin was behind the breaches. But like a gifted prosecutor, U.S. intelligence agencies built a strong circumstantial case against Putin and the Russian government. Here is Data Breach Today editor Matt Schwartz.
1: If it was you or I attempting to attribute an attack back to a particular organization or individual, you would want extremely detailed analysis. You would want technical indicators. You would need to know exactly who was sitting behind the keyboard. You would need to know their state of mind and their motivations. In other words, it's almost impossible to get 100% ironclad attribution. That's not a problem because for most of us, attribution doesn't really matter. Attribution is inherently a political move. It's often done in the realm of diplomacy. There are governments that will say, We have enough evidence that we are confident that you hacked us. And here's what we're going to do about it. In the case of the U.S., it might involve sanctions. Those sanctions may or may not do anything. But at least they're seen politically to be doing something.
0: Of course, the government only issued an unclassified version of the report.
1: We're not seeing everything. That's because it involved the CIA amongst other intelligence agencies. They're not going to want to burn sources or give away the secret ways that they collect various types of intelligence. But in the report, it says the intelligence community of the United States assesses that Putin and the Russian government aspired to help President-elect Trump's election chances by discrediting Clinton. All three primary agencies behind the report agree with this judgment. CIA and FBI have high confidence in it. NSA has moderate confidence. Why are the security agencies so confident? What security experts are saying is this doesn't mean that they have some kind of a technical dump. This means they have spying intelligence. Who knows if those are phone call intercepts, people on the ground, moles, infiltrators. They're not saying. What they are saying is based on these techniques that we have used, we are able to say we think Putin and the Russian government was involved and we believe it very much.
0: Appearing on Fox News Sunday, Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus conceded Russia was the primary actor behind the breach of Democratic National Committee computers, though he did not specifically mention Russian President Vladimir Putin by name. In its assessment, the U.S. intelligence community fingered Putin as directing the DNC hacks to influence the outcome of the U.S. presidential election. But Priebus also said the Democrats are partly culpable for those attacks because the DNC, after repeated warnings from the FBI that they were under attack, refused to seek the Bureau's help in securing their systems. They attempted to attack the RNC in the same way. They didn't get into our system because, number one, We had our heads straight and we had defenses at the RNC. But number two, when the FBI called the RNC and said, hey, we've got a hacking situation here, we brought them in immediately. And so, granted, we have bad actors around the world and cyber attacks have been happening for years. But we also have an entity that's allowed through a wide open door a foreign government into their system. Priebus could be correct, but like politicians of all persuasions, is he telling the full story?
1: When someone talks about how great their cybersecurity is, it generally means one of two things. One, they're overstating the case. Two, they've already been hacked and don't know it, or all the above.
0: That again is Data Breach Today's Matt
1: Schwartz. I would take with a healthy dose of skepticism, any pronouncement that the RNC's computers were somehow magically protected against cyber attacks. Priebus makes the claim that the RNC's computers were extremely well locked down, and he also said that the FBI gave the RNC a heads up and the RNC brought the FBI in right away. I don't know what that means. I've reached out to the FBI. I haven't gotten a response yet to ask them what exactly they relayed to the RNC and how the FBI helped the RNC. The way previous said it, it suggested that they had the FBI come in and assess their systems and help them clean up. That's not typically a job we'd see the FBI doing, I don't think. In the case of the DNC, they hired an independent third-party cybersecurity firm, CrowdStrike, to come in, review their computers... And help them lock everything down.
0: But a month ago, intelligence officials told the New York Times and Washington Post that the Russians did gain access to RNC data, but decided not to publish it. The U.S. intelligence community's assessment is that the Russian government held back on releasing information that could have hurt Donald Trump because they favored his election. David Sanger is the New York Times reporter that wrote the story about the Russians obtaining the RNC data, and he told CNN last month how that could have happened. One of the working theories right now is that, like many groups, they send their data off to others for storage and that it was hacked. And this is very common. I mean, if you think about the Office of Personnel Management hack a year and a half ago in which the Chinese got the 22 million uh, security files, they weren't actually physically in the offices of the Office of Personnel Management. They had put it off into a remote computing center run by somebody else. Uh, But of course, your data is your data and you're responsible for its security. So that may well end up being uh, the difference between Uh, the somewhat narrow answer they're giving and, and what went on here. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. One of the more alarming findings from the intelligence agency's report is how the Russian government in recent years has been meticulous in the way it has been going about to influence the American election. There's a long history of nations, including the United States, to affect the outcome of another nation's elections. What's new here are the existence of newfangled online methods available to adversaries to sway another nation's electorate. The ease to pilfer private information through what are not too sophisticated breaches and the means to disseminate that information through social media and fake news requires less effort and Russia seems to have become quite proficient in using these tools. Here's the Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, speaking last week to the Senate Armed Services Committee.
2: All of these uh, other modes, whether it's was RT, uh, use of social media, uh, fake news, they exercised all of those uh, capabilities in addition to the hacking. The totality of that, I think, regardless of what the impact was, which we can't gauge. Just the totality of that effort, not only as DNI but as a citizen, I think is a, is a grave concern.
0: About a third of the 25 page report issued last week by Clapper and his U.S. intelligence community cohorts that blamed Russia for trying to influence the U.S. presidential election was devoted to Russia Today. Here's ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk. He'll tell us what Russia Today is and explain how American spy agencies see its role in the Kremlin's propaganda campaign against the U.S.
2: RT, or Russia Today, was part of a large report released by U.S. intelligence that blamed Russia for using cyber attacks to influence the U.S. presidential election. The English-language broadcaster is known for its pro-Russian reporting and its persistent casting of the U.S. as a superpower and democracy in decline. The section of the report was originally published four years ago by a U.S. government agency that specializes in collecting open-source intelligence. It bolsters an observation that others have long noticed. With an ailing economy and diminished military strength, Russia sees opportunity in lower-cost ways to assert its viewpoint. Those methods include planted news stories, full-time social media influencers, and, of course, cyberattacks. RT has been a critical part of the Russian government's campaign, and the email disclosures gave it and other media outlets plenty of fodder that created headaches for Hillary Clinton. The report says RT has set its sights on U.S. elections before. In 2012, it took aim during President Barack Obama's campaign for a second term against former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney. Its programming that year broadly sought to sow distrust in U.S. institutions. The broadcaster is financed by the Kremlin, which has taken steps over the years to somewhat obfuscate the link. But there are close links between RT officials and the Russian government, with the Kremlin having a hand in staffing and steering coverage. RT, of course, is not a new concept. TV stations and newspapers have always had political leanings that reflect their owners, which are sometimes governments. But 2016 has shown just how malleable voters and consumers of media are. Fabricated pieces pushed to Twitter and Facebook showed how bogus news can quickly gain traction. RT is just one prong of a Russian strategy that this past year proves to be effective in, at minimum, providing a consistent distraction for Hillary Clinton. U.S. intelligence agencies didn't conclude that Russia's cyber attacks and subsequent disclosures were decisive in swinging the victory to President-elect Donald Trump. That conclusion would be nearly impossible in such an unconventional election that pitted a reality TV star with no political experience against an uninspiring veteran with lots of baggage. But what it does show is that the lack of cybersecurity defenses is skewing democracy, and that's something we should all take
0: seriously. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson has designated the U.S. electoral system as a subset of the government facility's critical infrastructure sector. Such a designation makes the election system eligible for prioritized cybersecurity support furnished by the federal government. There is a vital national interest in our election process. In all, DHS has designated 16 industries as critical infrastructure. That means their physical or virtual assets are so vital to the United States that their incapacitation would have a debilitating effect on security, the economy, public health, or safety. Among critical infrastructure sectors, financial services, healthcare, and information technology. DHS began to consider designating the election system as critical infrastructure after revelations surfaced of the hack of the Democratic National Committee and the release of information from the breach that proved embarrassing to Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. But the new designation will not cover political organizations such as the DNC or RNC. Instead, it extends coverage to infrastructure controlled mostly by local and state governments such as polling places, centralized voter tabulation locations, voter registration databases, voting machines, and other systems employed to manage the electoral process. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.